Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Manchester Football Social. This is Excess Manchester. Thank you very much for listening. It is the Wednesday Club here on the Manchester Football Social. Before I just did my weather report, I said the sun was everywhere. The sun certainly cropped up last night, bagging one goal for Tottenham, uh, making sure that they go into the second leg of the Champions League with a bit of an advantage. We'll discuss Manchester City against Tottenham. We'll preview Manchester United against Barcelona all in this next hour. And really, like a show like this sort of writes itself. You've got so much action happening in the world of Manchester football that we're just going to have a chat with it uh, and we're going to speak to Steve Shanyaski hello Steve hello and the man that was at the wonderful Tottenham's new ground yesterday uh, Sam Lee hello we're here to just talk about <laughs> City's game last night and I'm yeah. sure you want your say as well Eight double seven double one zero three four five treble one seven six two five. Drop us a message at MCR Footy Social. This is your time to have your say uh, with me, Sam and Steve. We're going to have a chat as well to a old Bars. Well, he's kind of your your Barcelona equivalent, is he? Would you say, uh, Sam? He is in indeed. Manchester. Yeah, a good friend of mine and a colleague. Yeah, Ignazi. He'll be on in a bit to give us. Well, he's going to tell us how Messi's going to run riot. Really? Oh well, don't say I'm that. I'm sure he'll be friendly about it. During the game, during today's show as well, uh, hopefully we might have team news to bring you at quarter to seven, uh, so we can sort of digest. Who's going to stop Messi? Uh, yeah, this is the Manchester Football Social eight double seven to one. So Sam takes the last night. It is the first legs, City against Tottenham. Obviously, in Tottenham's beautiful new stadium. First mm. of all, does it live up to the hype? Oh yeah, the stadium does big time. Yeah, I mean, fast forwarding a bit to the end of the game, I've done all my work, but. The media area is so big. It's like a bar, basically. They've actually got like a fully stocked bar anyway. But yeah, yeah loads of tables and space. I just sat there and hung around for half an God, hour. That's so Anywhere else, I'd have, got, I'd have gone home. But I was like, oh, I can hang around here it's for a what's, bit. What's a new stadium smell like? I smell a new car. <laughs> you I've been to Ikea car. and tried to have a kip on one of the beds. <laughs> I've done all this stuff, mm. but I've never smelled a new stadium. Yeah, well, the problem is those things you mentioned aren't full of sweaty middle-aged men at football matches well, drinking Matt, beer and the bed might be letting off gases yeah it might be yeah um so it smells like any other stadium new or not unfortunately but everything else can't fault with okay amazing nice. so, so that sort of atmosphere that, uh, oh, the atmosphere, was, that was it the atmosphere was really good yeah it, it, it keeps the acoustics in unfair advantage i'm not going to go mad on it but what, would you first? say yeah that they've just moved it was a in and a perfect it's... storm for them yeah if that yeah, game was at okay. wembley it would have been it would have been different yeah it, it would have yeah it would have been it would have been a good atmosphere but not the, the same and the sound would have escaped a bit more it was a bit of a perfect storm for tottenham yeah i watched um when because Pep doesn't watch uh, penalties, does he? No, he no, stands at the floor. So he missed. The yeah. whole stadium exploded. Yeah, it was really noisy. And it looked like it woke, it woke him up kind of thing. What what was that moment like? Uh, <sighs> well, well, yeah, no, honestly, it was... So it, the penalty yeah, right, decision, 
Right, yeah. so you're in you're in the press. Yeah. Uh, the VAR. The game no. carries on for the about ten minutes like on. it always does. Every buzz whistle back. It is Paris Saint-Germain take two for me. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. was. It was. Um, I, I watch what's going on in the press area. What are, it, it, the replays on the screen? You get the VAR. Do you see what the ref sees? What, what's happening there? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got we've got the screens that are the same. They're just showing the BT, so we can see what everyone else was seeing at, yeah. at yeah. home. And you say it was um, PSG Mark Two, but you know PSG was kind of Otamendi Mark Two because I remember when I saw the PSG one um, for the United penalty. I'd been at Schalke where they'd given it against Otamendi mm-hmm. and it, it was kind of obvious that then it was like, well, if they gave that and those are the rules for handball, then the PSG one was going to be a pen. So once it was obvious that last night they was look, looking at the handball, yeah. it was like, this is going to be a pen. Yeah. Because if he's gone to have a look at it, yeah. he's going to see the handball, he's going to give it. Just anything to do with sticking your arm out. Yeah. But it's it different seems, in the Premier League. You, even really if you weird. try and tuck it behind your back yeah. and it hits your arm, that's... That's, gonna, that's what happened with the Otamendi one, yeah. Yeah, they're calling that. That's a penalty. That's a player, clearly. I mean, at least they're consistent with it. Yeah. And, we, yeah. We all, and, you know, there's been, well, two high-profile ones now, that one and the PSG one, also Otamendi. So at least we kind of know what to expect, but they need to get on with it, really. They need yeah, to at least hurry it up. But the rules are weird. At least what, we know what they're going to do. That's what our Lukaku needs to do. Stop levering it at the goalie's hands, because that's what he seems <laughs> to do, just straight at the player. And just lay it, lever it at all the players and the defenders. That'd be a better plan for him. It would be a better plan. Aguero <laughs> misses the pen, which obviously... Which is just... Was weird. It was weird. He normally goes low and in the corner. I mean, he's got away with a few recently. He, he missed one at Swansea, come off the post yeah. and hit the keeper and went in. And the one in the Carabao final, Kepa had obviously had a shocker and yeah, yeah, all of that and he, yeah, yeah. he like, jumped over it so he got lucky with a few but for whatever reason he went a bit higher but it was in proper good height for a goalkeeper territory and no it quite, was he looked quite tense yeah well, do you know what I mean I mean he, he looked very pumped up like physically like he'd been hammering the gym but he also looked quite tense about it sort of thing so well it's just, just a big moment isn't it? it's a big yeah. moment isn't it and like Gundogan said afterwards you know, City tend to make the wrong decisions in those nervous big Champions League situations. Guardiola noticed that last year when, you know, Liverpool got those three quick fire goals. He was like, we need to, mm. you know, we need to stand up to these moments better. But I mean, I guess they haven't really. That was a part of the reason why he played such a de- defensive formation last night, just to try and avoid having a bit of a blitz of goals. But it, the same kind of thing happened with the pen, missed it. And the reaction to that was pretty bad, really. I was watching it and... I was surprised how easy they were getting past your your wing your defend you know um, wing defenders that that side yeah. they were get, their their wingers were getting past your defenders at, at width very, yeah, there was very a, easily. I was really surprised. What's going on there? I mean, I wonder if they if they thought well, let the crosses come in because I don't. That's not unusual, is it? For no. because like wing backs, sorry, full backs don't always go out and close down the wingers anymore, do they? Yeah. they just kind of stay on the edge, the, the line of the penalty yeah. area, hands behind the back, and just see if they can stop it. But they don't, they don't go out too far. And I mean, with Otamendi and Laporte in the team, I think they were kind of backing themselves to to win those kind of headers. Spurs did have a lot of crosses, but yeah, yeah in fairness, I mean, they didn't really lead to many chances. So maybe that's what they were doing because City were very cautious to keep it all down the middle, and that's why Mara's played so he could tuck in. And you know, just make it really difficult for Spurs to play through the middle. Maybe they, well, I suppose it can't be any other way. If you narrow through the middle, you're going to let them have the wings as long as you defend the box. I suppose it's not so much of a problem. And I guess that was probably what happened. Yeah. What What do you think went wrong for City last night? They didn't get the win. It was one nil. Were they looking for the win though? Because there was a time I was thinking, hey, what's going on here? Like, is City going to try and get this? Are they going to? Especially they started playing football after they went one nil down. So in my head, I'm thinking they must want this game. Or was it a case of the 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 tactics didn't go too well at the start? They didn't know how to regroup and, and fight on. 
Well, I mean, I spoke to someone who knows Guardiola today to try and get an idea of what was going on. And basically, what I was told, I mean, whether this is excuse-making or not, we'll find out. But we will find out. Because basically what they said was, it's all geared towards the Premier League games and that the Premier League games against Palace, uh, Spurs next weekend and mm. United after that, yeah. they're more important than the game last night. Because obviously if you mess up in the Premier League, Liverpool are probably going to win it. Yeah. But they've got a second chance against Spurs. And the Palace game in particular, basically they were keeping Mendy back for that, keeping De Bruyne back for that. And because Bernardo Silva's probably going to be injured at the weekend, they were keeping Sane back for the game on Sunday as well. So basically they were trying to get away with it a bit, it, play a defensive style, you know, so they could maybe, you know, it, it's a bit Mourinho this, but they were trying to nick a nil-nil basically. If yeah. they could have got a nil-nil, they'd okay. have been happy or a narrow win. But basically they wanted to keep it so tight that they wouldn't be out of it. Like last year at Anfield when it was 3-0 it, and it was tie over. They wanted to keep it tight, keep some players rested and basically try and win their, the rest of their Premier League matches. He brought those uh, the subs on, the plan C or whatever it would be, really late. Yeah. Like, and, way and too I late to make any difference. I, I thought that was mad. Um, but again, I, I think... I think that was because he wants De Bruyne and Sane to be completely fit for the Palace game because I think it's you know he, he's making it so clear to the players that that, that Palace game because obviously they drew there last year that was the end of their 18 game I think yeah. it was mm-hmm. winning run um, he knows how difficult it is and again he knows if they drop points then there's good chance Liverpool are going to win the title so it's all about that Palace game that seems to be what it is behind they, the scenes Liverpool have got a much easier run than you and you've got I know like United are just. I mean, I part of me thinks I can't wait till this season's over. But United, are, you don't know which United you're no. going to get. You do not know. Well, they'll be up for it. United will be up for a bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll get into that more. Uh, let's just talk about then VAR itself. So yeah. the decision, not just to give City the penalty, but in terms of how it works across the Champions League group stages, because there were certain incidents where, especially in Liverpool's game last night, where Salah could have been sent off for this crunching tackle on a portal player that looked devastating. There was certain moments where Fernandinho might have been a bit too heavy-handed and you're thinking to yourself, surely they're the moments that if the referee misses, he can he can catch up on it and he can look at it and he can make a decision then because he's not been able to see it. But it seems like they're using VAR in a different kind of way. They're not doing them decisions. They're picking things up that maybe should have been let go. Yeah. But if you want to track back, then you couldn't, you'll end up starting from kick-off again because someone <laughs> was accidentally offside and... It's quite bizarre for me how things are going. Now, unless it doesn't change dramatically, it will slowly ruin the game. Or will we get used to it? Because I was in a bar last night and we were watching the game. There was that tension of when the referee does this dramatic walk back onto the pitch after he's watched the VAR. Yeah. And the dramatic walk where he then point, does the little TV thing and then points to the thing. And then everyone, everyone adds that new later. But I still think the good, time it takes to do is unbelievable. So if it's coming, Sam, it's got to be properly looked at because it can be ridiculed like it's been ridiculed just in, in a couple of games imagine a full season in the Premier League there'll be decisions that have been made we will scratch our heads and think why was this ever in- introduced yeah well I mean I think we are going to get used to it eventually I don't know if that'll be a good thing or not but when it's used in the Premier League it's going to be different to how it's used in the Champions League and like the handball rules in for UEFA are different to the Premier League ones so we'll have to get used to that um, and the other day, City at, at Wembley, they looked at the Kyle Walker kind of headbutt thing. Um, but obviously with Fernandinho last night, yeah. they didn't even bother looking at that. And when I saw that on the replay, I thought he could be in trouble here. But I guess they're just 
they I guess they're thinking we can't prove that that was there was intent yeah, there, so he was we're not going to so bother. Lucky that he didn't. The other it player seems didn't, weird. Yeah, he oh, didn't yeah. recoil. Yeah. He would have. He would have been off. Well, yeah, but it was Kane, wasn't it? And he was up for the battle. To be yeah. fair, Kane was too up for it because he's he's injured himself. <laughs> yeah, poor <laughs> yeah. Kane. Uh, what go, what goes on then? Because uh, I mean, VAR for you, Steve. Quickly for you, are you for it? Don't well, think too much about it. It certainly did us a favour at PSG. So go, in that sense, I'm mass- this, yeah, this exactly. You got to take the dirty stick with the clean stick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any of your sticks. Yeah, it sorted us out at PSG big time. Um, clearly, that that cross that was coming in was never going to go anywhere near the goal, and yet it, it, I forget the player that hit at PSG, but that was it, and it completely that was it. Rashford got that goal, and we're through, and it's the reason why we're playing tonight. It's the only reason why we're playing tonight so yeah VAR I'm all about it today V-A-R. but next time no <laughs> maybe, maybe not unless something goes our way uh, tonight on the Manchester Football Social 87701 your predictions please from Manchester United against Barcelona simply text us in a score with your name what do you think it's going to be 87711 second leg City against Tottenham are they going to turn it around Sam it's obviously last season they get beat against Liverpool mm. much more dramatic scoreline it's much more of a harder game when they come to the Etihad this is a 1-0 against Tottenham they can, they can do it surely or can they get them 1-0 themselves take them all the way to penalties how, how do you think it's going to go? Yeah well they they can definitely do it and I mean the main argument from people last night apart from like oh why did Dalf play left back or whatever the main thing was if City had played their normal game they'd have had a good chance of beating Spurs and I, I mean mm. I've heard the justifications from like the Guardiola camp and I, 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 I do you know, there's there's yeah. reasons for that. I can understand it, but it's hard to ignore that fact that you think if they'd have just played normal game, fine, they might have conceded a couple of goals, but they probably would have scored a few as well. But they definitely got it within them. Um, and the thing the thing about hanging back for the three Premier League games and playing those three new games like as if they're finals, they're gonna have to play the Spurs games if it's a yeah, final as well because it's not like they Spurs just want the Premier League. Guardiola well, does really want to win the Champions League as well, so yeah. they are gonna have to go for it. Um, Maybe it's one of those where you keep you just play your normal game first half, try and go one nil up, and then see what happens in the second half. Yeah. If that doesn't happen, then it's going to get really frantic late on. But yeah. I mean, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a full stadium. Can, be a good yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, at the Etihad, I, really I can see. I can. It was good against Liverpool last year. I can sort of see what the strategy is, and they'll get Spurs up to you, and the absolutely go hell for leather and play all the yeah. you know play everything that that was on the bench because Silver's not been great this no, year. So and he, he played almost 85, 86 minutes or something. Um, it would yeah. be the other way round, do you know what I mean? So the likes of De Bruyne and that and Sane starting, you, it's a completely different team, really. Yeah, and if Bernardo Silva's back, Mendy's back, they're, yeah. they're, they're big differences as well. So, yeah, I mean, City are more than capable of, of beating Spurs. Even if Spurs were to score the once, you know, City could score three and they'd, they'd be yeah. hard yeah. with that. Yeah. I mean, the only... Th- well, I mean, it's just going to come down to a bit of luck on the night. I think that basically, I think City will create the chances and they'll play well enough to win. It's just you know whether it goes on the inside of the post and come and goes in or the outside of the post and goes out. That'll just be determined on the night. I still think City can go. When through. that final whistle, there was a split second when I thought, "Yes, bring City down," and then I just thought, "We've got Barcelona tomorrow. I can't gloat." And then I also <laughs> thought, "One nil, and you got an, you got you got another leg at home at the Etihad." You're actually not in that uncomfortable. It's not that uncomfortable. It's not no. like us getting potentially. If you get people texting in with a Spanish name, it's going to be zero three, <laughs> isn't it? Any any of them lot thinking that they're thinking they're going to absolutely kill us today. And if 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 
the team that played against Wolves turns up tonight. They will. <laughs> they will. It'll be a massacre. That's what's worrying me. It is. It's worrying. We're going to talk about Manchester United against yeah. Barcelona. The show, uh, the show is going to obviously break the news when the team news hopefully comes in at quarter to seven. We'll have a look at that. We'll have a look at more things to do with United. Uh, who's the big key players for United? Because everyone's talking about the Messi uh, for, for Barcelona. He's the man. He's the man that their hype has been built up around. He's the man that everyone's been tweeting about. But who is the guy for Manchester United? We'll also have a chat with, well, your your uh, Barcelona uh, teammate, would you call him, Sam? I would do, yeah. Knows his stuff. Yeah, we'll have a chat with that. And we're going to play this now. Name that team. Very simple game and name that team. I give you the ad break to name a team. It's a good one this week. Okay. It is the Manchester United team that beat Barcelona 1-0 in 2008. I want oh, the start in 11. I was there. The start in 11, Sam, if you were there, name that team. Do you think you can do it? Uh, yeah. You have got about three minutes to... Name that team. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. Welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. As I said before, this sort of show writes itself. You had Manchester City in action last night in the Champions League against Tottenham in their brand new stadium. They got beat 1-0. You've got United in action tonight as Barcelona and probably the world's greatest player, Messi, uh, returns to Old Trafford from all the way back into 2008. We'll get to that very soon. I'm joined by Steve Shonyaski and Hello. Sam Lee in the studio. Hello. We've got Ignazi uh, from Goal, uh, who looks after Barcelona, like Sam does for City. Uh, he'll be having a chat with us and maybe just getting scripts of who you know need to take care of uh, today I can give you a couple of names but before that we are going to name that team very very simple game this the last time Barcelona and Old, uh, were at Old Trafford 1-0 from Paul's goals but who was in the starting 11 for Manchester United <laughs> we are going to go from goalkeepers defenders to midfielders to attackers and see who can name that team the best Okay, who wants to go first with the goalkeeper? I'll go with keeper, easy peasy. Van der Sar. Van der Sar's out. That's what I've got. You were there. Now the back four. The back four, please. Let's go Sam first for the back four. Oh, um, Erwin Hargreaves, Wes Brown, Rio Ferdinand and Patrice Evra. What have you got, Steve? (laughs) I got Hargreaves, um, Ferdinand, Vidic, and uh, I can't... I've thrown Anderson in there, but he was <laughs> oh, midfield. No, so, no. No. I can tell you that you got two correct there, Steve. I did. You got Ferdinand and Hargreaves correct. Oh. Sam, you also got a further two correct as Brown and Everett yes. were in the back. Oh. I, just, oh. I definitely remember where's Brown. He was the first one that came to mind in the yeah, whole team. Yeah. We've got some oh. midfielders to go at now. What do you think, Steve? Who was in the midfield? Giggs. Oh. Keep going. Fletcher. I want three. And... Uh, I keep going for those twins, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Anderson again. I love how the man who scores the only goal for Manchester. Oh United. no no no, he's on it, he's on it. All right, skulls, 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 there, skulls. Right, okay, okay, but you're going for three. <laughs> Nick, give me your three again. Uh, skulls, yeah. <laughs> Giggs, and uh, Fletcher. I can tell you, unfortunately, Giggs and Fletcher came on the game at the same time in the 76th minute but they didn't start but Paul Scholes did you got one correct okay 
For you, Sam? Mm. Three. I had, well, I had Fletcher. Four. Um, Skulls and Carrick. Fletcher, Skulls and Carrick. You are correct with oh. Carrick, but obviously Fletcher in there, the midfield. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you later on. Go for the attacking lineup okay. now, please. Uh, Sam? Uh, Tevez, Rooney and Ronaldo. Oh, what have you got? What have you got, Steve? Uh, Rooney, Ronaldo, and I've not. No, that I've only got two written down for that. (laughs) I can tell you, Ronaldo was correct. Tevez was correct. But up there was Nanny. Nanny played. No Rooney. No Rooney. Rooney Not even on the bench. Uh, And the play were all missing. The workhorse in the Champions League. The man that you needed for every game, all the way up through those years. Anyone take a guess? Well, Va- no. Van Nistelrooy finished in... T- no, 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 no he's 2006, his last game, wasn't he, so? Workhorse, I'm talking about. Legend. This is... Legend. Are you joking? Is this no, no, I'm being... It's Jason Park. Oh, Absolute okay. legend. Yeah. Fair enough. Right, Fair we're going to go to Ignazi on the phone. Hello, mate. Hello, guys. How are you? Yeah, Hello. very, very well, Ignazi. You are going to uh, Barcelona against Manchester United tonight, Al Trafford. We brought the sun with you uh, to make you feel at home, Ignazi. Uh, how is the, the, the atmosphere there? Are you, whereabouts are you now, sorry? I'm right now uh, looking to to the pitch of the, the Theater of Dreams, you could say, <laughs> because... Uh, <laughs> This is a legendary stadium. We are not going to discover that at this point, but uh, this is my first time here. I was twice at the Etihad Stadium, and I can feel the history, the wake of history uh, over me. Uh, I can say, I I don't forget that Barcelona has uh, never been able to win here, at least in a KO round, even if all the finals uh, were in favor of Barcelona, uh, all three finals. By the way, this is not a final even yeah. if it looks like a final it's a KO round so Barcelona must be very 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 care of um, himself because it's not going to be easy at all because Man United is getting recovered for having back what it was uh, theirs I, I would say because uh, in Barcelona everyone is agree with Piquet when he said yesterday Man United is the best game in England Oh, well, I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, P- PK would say that, wouldn't he? How's, how's it going, Ignacy, mate? Um, yeah, so you're saying everyone in Barcelona is wary of Man United, but I don't think there's too many United fans even who think United have got much of a chance tonight. Um, what, what do you think the dangers are for Barcelona? Well, uh, the danger, uh, not the dangers. It's messy. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard of him. There's uh, an entire club, not only the team, the whole club uh, surrounds Messi. He is the leader in in all aspects in in Barcelona right now. And and speaking about football, if we speak about what is going to happen inside the pitch, I think that Messi uh, should have uh, an important weight about uh, the result. Because remember, in the last 10 years, uh, since he is dressing the number 10 in Barcelona, um, he scored in every single quarter of final KO round, at least in his first five years, but not in the last five years. He ah. hasn't scored a single goal on the quarter of final in the last five years. In this period, Barcelona has uh, reached the semi final. And the final as well, uh, they won in 2015. But in the other three chances, uh, Messi and Barcelona 
were out from the from the Champions League. We haven't forgotten about Rome a year ago. Yes, uh, it's the first anniversary today. In fact, we can miss that. Uh, I remember Turin two years ago. I remember uh, Atletico de Madrid, Wanda Metropolitano. Um, so to, uh, today it's going to be a very hard test to Barcelona. It is true that uh, as I could be able to check uh, yesterday, speaking with many fans in the street, that uh, nobody is trustful about Man United chances uh, against Barcelona. But I think that it could be um, uh, some kind of um, fake feeling for thinking Man United is too favorite. But uh, guys, this oh, is oh, we're ready for it. We're ready for it. How important I is think the Man United is always favorite here. Oh, no way. No way, Ignacy. How important is the Champions League to Barcelona this year? Because, I mean, they haven't had their hands on a cup for a while. Their opponents, Real Madrid, have obviously won it uh, the last three times on the bounce, and that must grate them. So, is it they, they want to win this year? They want to make sure their name uh, is on the trophy at the end of the season? I agree with you. Indeed, it still hurts to many Barcelona fans uh, remembering that Real Madrid has been able to win uh, four of the last five Champions League. Indeed, before of them, not even Guardiola's team was able to win two consecutive Champions League, and they did uh, three times. So, and, and we can forget that this happened in the Messi's era. So uh, Barcelona knows, Messi knows, Barcelona fans know that they have a, a, a pending issue with with that competition. Of course, if the last uh, Champions League wouldn't be won by Real Madrid, uh, the story would be different. But they did, and and now it's Barcelona's turn uh, for having back this. This title, uh, and it's the main goal for Barcelona, as the captain Messi said since the early beginning. It is true that the coach Valverde tries to say that Barcelona must challenge for all uh, possible titles, but the one uh, which illusionates, uh, the one who makes everyone uh, to be nervous is is the Champions League. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so, what kind of threats do you see Manchester United hold, holding? Because is there any talk about in the, in the Barcelona camp or in the Barcelona fans between players that they want to silence? You know, that you look at uh, the youngsters that United have got up front or even Pogba in the middle? Uh, oh, no. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what kind of players do you believe that uh, United, uh, Barcelona are looking out for? I'm pretty sure that Barcelona um, will forget uh, about the 4-3-3, uh, which is the common uh, tactics that has been using in the last years. And as it happened against Lyon, I'm pretty sure that Valverde is going to use a 4-4-2 without Coutinho. Without Coutinho? Oh, wow. Okay. Without is that because United Coutinho, are going to sign him in the summer? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's joking. Uh, well, uh, I, I, <laughs> yes, it could be a joke because uh, as uh, I was able to know, Coutinho, Coutinho's family didn't feel that good uh, when living in England. And, and right now it's not a chance being back uh, in England. Uh, anyway, Coutinho doesn't want to move from Barcelona, at least today. Let's see what could happen. But right now he's not thinking on, on moving. He must uh, improve himself because what he's giving is not enough for being on Barcelona's lineup. In it, Coutinho is a player under discussion, uh, a player compared to Arda Turan. 
Wow. Amazing. That would be a massive flop. It, the money yeah. they spent for a player to be as much of a flop as Arden Turan. The most expensive player in, uh, in Barcelona's history. It is not enough for playing Barcelona's lineup. He's not making the difference yet. He has qualities, but um, he's not giving his best level for, for now. Uh, I'm not sure if he will be able to do that. Prediction on the game then, please. What are you going for, Ignasi? How do you think it's going to go? Okay, it's going to be a 4-4-2. In my opinion, uh, this is not an official lineup. Their second will be on the goal for sure. The defensive row will have Alba on, on the left side. And in my opinion, Semedo will be on, on the right side in the middle of the defense. No doubt, Langley and Pique will be there. Uh, four men in the midfield with uh, Busquets and Rakitic as a pivot. And Arturo Vidal and Arthur Melo will be there as well. And in forward position, no surprises, for sure that Luis Suarez and Messi will oh, be playing. Suarez. Uh, Suarez again. Right, Ignacio, score prediction, please, before we let you go and you have a wonderful time. What do you think the score will be? I think that it's going to finish uh, in a draw. 2-2. Two, two. In a draw? 2-2? Wow. Two, two. Ignacio, you're teasing us. Uh, I, I, I think that Man United is always favourite here. I know that Barcelona, uh, even if Messi is feeling well, is not in the best moment. And, and they are a bit tired. And I can't forget what happened in Roma in Roma a year ago. Uh, I must say that I'm a bit scared. So let's be let's be shy <laughs> yeah, and, it... and let's let's predict a, a draw. Okay, two two, two, two. Ignasi, oh, unbelievable to have you on, mate. Yeah. Enjoy Old Trafford. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful time there. Uh, that was Ignasi working for Goal. Uh, just check out his reports. Obviously, you can get my Twitter. Just have a little search for him. Uh, wonderful to have that chat from inside Old Trafford about the way that he says that you know there, there is confidence around him, but it's Manchester United. It is the semi. The quarterfinal, sorry, of the Champions League. And if anything, anything, guys, can happen. They've got ghosts with Roma they're worried about in the past. They've not had a great season. It, it, it bodes better than what I was thinking this morning when I woke up thinking oh, we're playing Barcelona tonight. Only because of who, who we played and how badly we played the last three games, I'd say. We've had a few really shaky, shaky moments yeah. in all them games and to, to lose all those like to get knocked out of the FA Cup to Wolves who went out to Watford it's just if that team turns up we are in big trouble but then you think well I've always said that Pogba is is my big concern this year is Pogba is he has three games three good games three bad games which Pogba is going to be on that pitch tonight and even if it's the good Pogba if you if you wrap him up with a couple of he can um, get wound up as well, can't he? Yeah, with, if you mark him... If Fidel play in, that he, could get You only messy. have to stick two people on marking him and he, and he, he packs his suitcase up and just calls it a day. He's, he's been really, really shaky, is the way I'd describe him. Then you've got Rashford is back. Rashford's going to be... At the, I'd rather have him than Lukaku a million days. He's just so... He's got so much more um, venom and, and passion and speed and, and unpredictability basically Lukaku's predictability is pass it to him he's going to knock it off the side of the pitch somewhere right we're going to have a, to the goalie. We're going to have a <laughs> chat now with a gentleman who's calling from America he's called Carl and he, we, we are going to talk about speed but he wants to talk up to you Sam I think oh, uh, wow. and doesn't understand quite what happened in the match last night okay. is that right Carl? Hi Sam, hi, hi guys, good afternoon or good evening. Good afternoon. Well, evening, um, uh, 6.30, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam, last time I saw you, I was at the Etihad, I, uh, I took a picture with you. But yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. When I saw that, 
Yeah, when I saw that lineup yesterday, my heart sank. Mm. And I knew that we weren't going to win that match. I just don't understand why in the first leg of the quarterfinal of the Champions League, where you do, you go to try to at least win the game, you play Del, Otamendi, and Mares. I just don't get it. I mean, why does this guy overthink things at times? I love it to death, but I just don't understand why any reasonable manager would do that. Against Tottenham in their new stadium, yeah. first game of the Champions League in the quarterfinal. Well, I mean, to be fair, I think part of the idea was because it was, you know, Tottenham new stadium, um, the fans really behind them. It, he, a bit like Anfield last year, that's why he wanted everything to be kind of through the middle, a really tight game, not concede a load of chances, which has happened to Liverpool, happened even at Monaco, um, happened at Schalke. This, in fact, didn't happen at Schalke, but Schalke still managed to score twice despite being rubbish. Happened at Lyon, you know, so he was quite lucky at Lyon. So he wanted to avoid conceding a load of chances. So that kind of you know, that kind of vouches for why he played a kind of defensive lineup. And then, yeah, with those players you mentioned, yeah, Dalf was a bit of a risk. I'll, I'll give you that. I'm with you on that. But, he, you know, he's prioritised the Palace game in particular, the Spurs game in the league and the United game in the league because basically he thought if he can keep the game close, then they've got a second bite of the cherry next week. But obviously, if you draw with Palace, you don't have a second chance. No. You know, you've got to beat Palace. Yeah. So it's all, yeah. I mean, it, it yeah, the argument is play the normal team. You can maybe beat Spurs 2-0, 3-0 maybe if you play the best way. But I th- he went the other way and he thought, right, we'll keep this close. We'll maybe get a nil-nil out of it. Maybe win 1-0, maybe lose 1-0, whatever. But De Bruyne, Mendy, yeah. Sane, they'll be fresh for Crystal Palace at the weekend. And that's the big game. So basically, that is, that's the view from you know Guardiola and City, basically. But I know what you mean. Yeah. Like Playing Delft, when I saw that, I thought... As, asking for trouble. His last two starts, he got sent off yeah. on Boxing Day. He didn't play again until Swansea and he gave away a pen and we thought, right, we're never going to see this guy again. And then he starts in the quarterfinals. So that was a weird one. The theory with Crystal Palace would be if they can wrap it up as quickly as possible, a few goals, that then they'll get them off the pitch, won't he, and rest them again. Well, yeah, again, yeah. And then I suppose they'll be ready to try and turn it around against Spurs. Carl, just a quick one from you. Uh, you do think things will turn around in the second leg? You got confidence then the City will, will get a win and be in the Champions League semi final? Well, I'm always positive and I hope it's going to happen, but it's going to be a tough one. I tell you, it's going to be a tough one. We have to score two goals and keep a clean sheet. So it's going to be tough, um, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Thank you. Carl, thank you very much Cheers, for your call, Cheers, mate. Carl. Lovely to have you on, Stay Carl. Touch, uh, this is XS Manchester. We're going to take a break and hopefully by the time we're back, we've got the team news right in front of us to tell you what's going to be the lineup for Manchester United against Barcelona. Stay with me, Steve and Sam. Back after this. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester Football Social. Welcome back to the Manchester Football Social. Moments away, well, an hour and 15 minutes away uh, from Manchester United taking on Barcelona in the first round of their quarterfinal tie against them. Then they'll be going into the Spanish Giants. After this, it's going to be an intense game. For the next sort of 15 minutes, we want your thoughts on what the score will be. Ignacy from Goal, who follows Barcelona, said it'll be 2-2. Text us in 8-7-1. We'll have a chat with you about what you think the uh, score will be. Uh, and you can also just send us your sort of predictions anyway uh, Steve Shanyaski I sort of lost confidence in that because <laughs> maybe I'm worried about what's going to happen tonight uh, Steve Shanyaski Sam Lee are here to just talk with you oh, about the game oh we've got the team here we go these are the men Strap to stop Lionel Messi in. Oh, oh my word oh my word no 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 why are you saying that because well should we see oh no so David De Herring goal fine yeah Ashley Young 
Chris Smallin, Victor Lindelof, <laughs> yeah. Luke Shaw. And then Diego Dalot is in there as well. And Scott McTominay and Fred. And then Pogba, Lukaku, Lukaku what? and Rashford. The only thing I can hope Pick is the that, bones out of that one. That is Lukaku is playing that role where he's passing into the box rather than being in the box because he was effective that one time when he did it. That was amazing, but they haven't done it since and he's been so poor finishing. He was three yards out, straight at the keeper. Everything that went on with United last last game was straight at the keeper. So, God, I hope Rashford... What, the only, yeah. where's, where's Dalot fitting in there? So, is he going to be playing on the wing? Is he playing that right wing sort of role and feeding the balls into Rashford and, uh, or Lukaku and Rashford's playing on yeah, the left? Maybe, or maybe. or would that be the case? So, then you've got uh, uh, the four, Young, Lundloff, Small and Shaw. Then you've got the uh, the midfield three of McTominay, Fred and Pogba. And then you've got Dalot. Lukaku in the middle, Rashford on the on the on the wing. But the only thing that frustrates me there, if you're playing Delo quite high up, it may, might be because uh, Ollie's a bit worried it's quite about defensive, isn't it? That? Yeah, it's quite. It maybe understandable. Plan B might be if you know if Barcelona get a goal in the first couple of minutes, you know, let's play Delot back a bit and create a quite defensive line, and then just wait for a bit, get hold of the game, steady yourself. But the fact that Martial is on the bench and Lingard is on the bench for me. That shouldn't be shouldn't be the case. You you, you Martial creates. Yeah, you would imagine they're of, not quite fit enough. Yeah, I I do worry because I mean the the threat that he holds could really, you know, even if it's just a slight headache for the Barcelona defence, and then, then we've chipped away at them a bit there. So you're worrying what's going to happen there. It is, like you say, defend defensive sort of game. McTominay's going to play an He's incredible. He's played some role. games, hasn't he? He was great last game, though. He was man of the, man of the, the best, match. man of the match for United. Um, it's really surprising, but yeah, I'm glad he's there in a way. I am glad he's there. He was he was rock solid last time. So out out of all the team that played last time, it's good to have someone that's got a bit of consistency in terms of being solid. Um, Dalot, I don't know. Um, Fred had a weird game last Fred time. Had a weird Pogba game. had an absolute. Let's talk about zero. Ashley Young, the man who got sent off against Wolves in that oh, game yeah. against two one. What a billing. Your opinion on Ashley, Ashley Young? Game for, against Barca. Here's the man who got sent off against yeah, Wolves. For both of you, what's your opinion on uh, Ashley Young? Well, I mean, it's it's incredible, really, that he's still playing as a fullback for United now. That just, I mean, there's so many things that can show how much the club has kind of stagnated a bit and not done well enough in the transfer market but that is definitely one of them isn't it and he, every now and again he puts in like a really good performance he's normally away from home and he's in front of the away fans giving everything and people are like oh yeah I love Ashley Young he yeah. gets it he does do that but I'd say like four times out of five he's not, yeah. obviously just not good enough yeah. not, not good enough and shouldn't still be playing right back or left back for United like fair play to him you can't fault his attitude and and, well, you know, he's, he's standing there's, in the dressing room because some... like, people like Carrick now they've moved on you know he's still got, he's, he's linked to the Ferguson years really but I, just not good enough we're talking about Champions League playing against Barcelona that is, he's not no, good it's not good enough is it Steve Young Ashley Young oh, is, there not, yes, but is, is there not a lot of players on that pitch there you can oh, say yeah, well, they're, not, yeah, yeah. they're not really they're four like you say four out of five games you have a weird one um, Pogba is again just inconsistent. There's so much inconsistency. That lineup worries me. Um, yeah, let, I don't know what to make of it. Really, the it's just, it MUTV just... graphic has got Dalot in midfield, 
like really? the right side of a three-man midfield with McTominay and Fred and Pogba playing as like a number 10 behind Lukaku and Rashford. Which is quite good because that's one of the positions that a lot of United fans have been calling to see Pogba in that, yeah. that role just behind uh, Pogba and Lukaku. And Young and Shaw are going to have to get through a lot of work if, if they're the only you know wide players. It's, a lot of work. Pogba's best role is midfield, slightly to the left, slightly forward. That's where he. That's where he's best suited. That's if that. That's where you have to play him for some reason. Otherwise, he just has a weird one. Mm-hmm. So if he's playing in that position, happy days. If he's not, let's see which Pogba turns up. Yeah, let's do it indeed. Uh, so you're looking at Manchester United. This is one of the big uh, games for them. Obviously, getting through to past Paris in the last sixteen. What an, an occasion! But when you go into uh, Oli's tasks and these big games that he's come up against this will probably be the biggest game against Barcelona doesn't really come bigger how much can you judge him Steve if something doesn't go well tonight if this game finishes 4-0 to Barcelona because you know it could be likely how much do you as a United fan judge him or is there a worry that got creeps into your mind what happens if there's a tanking tonight I'll tell you what I feel if that if that Mourinho team turns up like they have the last few games, then that shows that the manager isn't galvanising and motivating them enough. And that is my concern, basically, about United at the moment. They're showing signs that they're slipping back into that old mentality of a few months back, of that sort of negative, not... And, and the, the speed that they get, the red step, that, the, that they get knocked down and can't pick themselves up again over like 10, 20 minutes in the, the last couple of games, can't pick themselves up. That is the, that's what I need to see from the manager, is getting them absolutely motivated, absolutely fired up. And if they get, if they concede, which is likely, if they get a yellow card or a red card, which can happen, they pick themselves up and then keep going and going because I don't want to sound like a, a million-year-old man, but they're getting paid a lot to be on that pitch. They need to stay motivated. Otherwise, why why should they even be allowed to put a red strip on? Indeed. Uh, Sam, you had the Barcelona oh, I see, yeah. Well, a few surprises. A great advert for my company, Goal.com there, because Coutinho's playing, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, so, yeah. Ter- <laughs> Not so great, actually. <laughs> Ter Stegen in goal, Semedo at right back, PK and Lenglet at centre-back, Jordi Alba at left back, Busquets, Artur, and Rakitic in midfield, and then Coutinho, Suarez, and Messi. Yeah. What a so not messing about. Three. The same question for you then, Sam. Mm. If something really bad happens today for United, how much does it creep into Ollie's mind? Uh, how much would it creep into the fans' mind? Or is it Barcelona? It's not his team, etc., etc. Yeah. Well, there's definitely a bit of that. Because it's not his team, is it? And you know, we've just said about Young and some of the other players. Yeah, there's you know, a few players not, you would not, rather have not on really that pitch. good enough. Um, so there's 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 obviously a bit of a gulf, but um, yeah, I think as Steve says, in terms of motivation and that kind of stuff, that's that's probably the least you can ask for. Because especially because the whole Solskjaer thing has been based around this is Manchester United. We need to have the right attitude. You know, the spirit in '99 and all that. That's basically the fundamentals of it. So. You know, the fans will be on their on their side tonight as well. So that is basically, yeah, the the least you can ask for. That they'll be up for the game. That they'll still be in it. Um, it won't be. Well, the PSG game was a bit embarrassing, wasn't it? The home game. It was yeah. just a washout. I was at that game and I was like, "This, yeah. there's nothing going on here." And but there you go, the motivation and the the concentration. Pogba got sent off at the end. You know, lost his head a bit, and that's what you don't want to see, really, because it's two legs there's still plenty to play for and you know as we saw from PSG 
they they need to stay in the tie. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think you could criticise them too much because you know it's not the best mar- not the best Barca ever, but mm. they've still got Messi, and Messi can make anyone look stupid. Yeah. So I think that he, free. he could do that. I mean, Messi could make. Absolutely, the best teams in Europe look stupid. Even even yeah. happened to City. You know, City are better than United at the moment. They've got yeah. a better plan, yeah. better setup, better players. But Messi can still make them look silly. He could do it to anyone else. So if he did it to United, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad reflection on Solskjaer. But there will obviously be questions going on, you know, because football's stupid, isn't it? Everyone was saying, "I'll oh, give it Solskjaer now." They have given it him. Now there'll be people uh, saying, "Oh, maybe they're giving my, it too soon." My point is, if if they say concede and they get the Reds uh, get down and get shook up by it a bit. My point being that the, the team that's on that pitch isn't exactly what you would consider first pick. You would have Martial over someone else. You know, Lingard. You, yeah, exactly. Lingard as well. Matic. Yeah, exactly. An informed Matic. Informed Matic. Fully formed, you'd want Yeah, of course. So my point being, yes, if they concede, if they get the resident, they need to be able to pick themselves up. And that's the manager getting in there, getting them passionate and believing in themselves. Yes, there are tough teams to get, go against, possibly one of the best teams in the world. Uh, but this isn't the best United team. We've got to go out there and give it the absolute fault. You've got to leave it all on the pitch, as they say. Indeed. And that's well, what I need to see. And that's where I think Solskjaer needs to get in the Reds. So... This is the point where we have a chat about what might happen and what is going to happen with the lovely people in the studio. Got a minute and 30 seconds to sort of talk about maybe the demise of Manchester United in tonight's game against Central Trafford. Or do you think something positive might come out of it? Steve Shanyask. For some reason, I think Messi's going to score a free kick. We're going to give a... No, let's They've wait. Odds on that. We're going to, well, I will do it. We're going to have a, give a shocking defensive move just outside the box and Messi's going to get in there and score. Whether he scores first, second or third or whatever... But I feel like if United score quickly, then we're in with a chance. If we concede two before the end of the first half, kiss, kiss goodnight to it all, mate. <laughs> Soundly. So. Yeah, do you remember when Barca went to Spurs at the start of the season at Wembley? And yes. Basically, there was just a massive golfing class, wasn't there? And Messi had one of his best performances ever. People were going mad about it. Um, definitely probably his best performance in England as well. And he's had a lot of good of them. So I think... It'll be similar to that. I just think there'll be a, a bit of a difference there. And, you know, Spurs put up a bit of a fight. I expect United to put up a bit of a fight. It'll be a good atmosphere. But I just I just think Barca are going to be too good. And with Messi there, they're just going to they're going to show that. I don't think it, I don't think it's going to be 3 or 4 nil. Maybe it will be. I can see it being tighter. But, like, maybe... I wouldn't be surprised by 2 nil like, like PSG did. And there's be a massive gap between the two teams where you come away from it thinking, that was that was brutal. That is a lesson. We're coming up against some of the best strikers and one of them who probably is the best striker in the world and they're coming up against a defence that maybe in the top six, seven, eight teams would knock away and not even yeah. not even transfer into their team. We have to leave it there, gents, and see what happens. The talking is done from us. The game will kick off at eight o'clock and we will follow us on Twitter. Steve Shanyaski, Sam Lee, Joe McGrath will be able to tweet about it and let you know how things are going. Manchester United against Barcelona. Thank you very much for listening to Access Manchester. Jim is up next uh, with some back and some ocean colour scene. It is out. Say so goodbye, Steve. Bye-bye. 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 Access Manchester.